for what it's worth, at least there was an Alamo Bowl representative who wanted to hear what Lincoln Riley had to say after the game. You are Locked On Trojans, your daily podcast on the USC Trojans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Fight on, everyone. I'm your host, Mark Hulkin, and thank you for making Locked On USC your first listen every day. Whether you're watching the show on YouTube or wherever you're going to download the podcast, it's free. I appreciate your support. Show your appreciation. If you are watching on YouTube, do me a favor. Become a subscriber. It's free. It's easy. Click the red subscribe button. When you see this, the thumbs up, I need you to smash it. And I also want you to click that bell notification button so you don't miss an episode, including these types of post-game reactions. You know what gives Lincoln Riley the confidence? in his defense to turn things around. Remember, he was asked this last week after the Cal game. You kind of saw a glimpse of it in their Trojans' 52-42 to loss at home to Washington. What gives Lincoln Riley the confidence is when the Trojans' defense steps up, forces a three and out, right before Deuce Robinson, the freshman, blocks a punt. That gives him confidence. USC takes over the ball at the Husky eight-yard line. Two plays later, Caleb Williams is scoring a touchdown. Trojans lead 14-7. to Advantage USC. Right? Wrong. You know what doesn't give USC fans any confidence? Zero. USC's defense. Having a clue. Any clue on what they're doing out there. Or knowing that USC's defense is going to give up 52 points at home. And that's just a preview of what could possibly happen next week when USC travels to Eugene to play the Ducks. Who, by the way, just beat Cal 63-19. to One week after USC struggled to beat Cal 50-49. to I'm not sure how much more USC can ask of Caleb Williams and the USC offense. I think it's really unfair that they literally have to be perfect. And they have zero, no margin for error. Because anytime the offense makes one or two mistakes in a game, and you would think they'd be allowed to, right? Those mistakes just get magnified, and they they get magnified to the point where it's it's like that's why they lost the game, even though it's not why they lost the game. I mean, I, I want to make this really clear: in no way, shape, or form am I blaming Caleb Williams for USC losing fifty-two to forty-two. But I would also be remiss if I did not point out if I didn't say that that fumble in the first half was the result of a poor decision. And that when he took the sack late in the second half, in the fourth quarter, I could argue the same. But again, you are you should be allowed to have one or two mistakes in the game when you're putting up 42 points. Those two plays were not why USC lost. 
But like I said, when you have no margin for error, those types of plays, they just get magnified. And it's what sticks out. Because you have to score every time you have the ball. At home. I mean, think about this. On offense, the Trojans put up 515 yards. 312 through the air. 203 on the ground. Actually, more than on the ground. Sacks adjusted, yada, yada, yada. Caleb Williams, he had ridiculous numbers. 27 for 35, throwing the ball. 312 yards, three touchdowns. That's a 77% completion rate. Oh, and by the way, out of that 27 out of 35, he had a few drops. Bad drops. That one by Deuce Robinson over the middle on third nine that led to a punt. It, that wouldn't have been just for a first down. If he makes that catch, he's running for six. USC was the first to blink. They punted. There was, I think, what, two, or two minutes, 34 seconds to play in the first quarter. But I could, he came back. He redeemed himself. I'm referring to Deuce. He blocked the punt. Nevertheless, um, you know, getting back to the offense, Caleb was, you know, he not only was he throwing the ball really well, but he was actually running for first downs. He had a little bit of that spark, the Kayla that we saw from last year. Um, but he was also running to survive. You know, before the sacks, he ran, I think, 10 times for 46 yards. Three sacks, 30 yards in losses. So here's some more offensive numbers. Like I said, 203 rushing yards for the team. 24 first downs. They were five for 10 on third down opportunities, one for two on fourth down. Washington was seven for 10 when they had were faced on third downs. I'll get into the defense in the next segment. I want to talk about the offense here first. Again, this is just instant post game reaction. I'll have a lot more coming up on the week, but just got to vent, got to get this out now. I mean, think about this USC was four for four in the red zone. Washington was seven for seven. Time of possession, well, that's a pull play calling thing. Washington dominated 34 minutes, USC 25 minutes. No turnover, no fumbles for Washington. USC had, they fumbled it twice. They lost it once. I talked about the one with Caleb. And again, uh, three sacks. And also, USC was had three plays where they, I think, uh, no, that was, never mind. Three sacks. We'll just leave it there. So, and it wasn't like Washington's defense was doing anything to stop USC on offense. There was only one worse defense in the Pac-12 than Washington's, and that's the Trojans. What Washington's defense was able to do to the USC offense in the second half is hold them scoreless in the fourth quarter. Before that, USA was 14 points first quarter, 14 points second quarter, 14 points third quarter. Now, they were outscored 28 to 14 in the second quarter, and I mentioned 10 zip in the fourth. I want you to think about this again. USC scored 42 points and lost at home by 10 points. Outside of a handful of drops by the wide receivers, the offense played very well. 
The O-line was solid, you know, save for a couple of, you know, they could have done a little bit better on pass protections. Uh, I'm not sure they used the run game enough. Again, this is one area where Lincoln Riley, he needs to recognize that the defense is just bad and it can't be fixed. And this is where you help them as the head coach. You run the damn ball. You put your passing game and the ego, you put it on the sideline. You control the clock. You keep the ball away from the other team's offense. If you're going to keep bringing Alex Grinch and the defense back every week without making an adjustment, then this is on you, period. Rayleigh Brown. You know, Marshawn Lloyd wasn't available. He, he looked good when he got his few touches. First touchdown of the game for USC. Same thing with Darwin Barlow. I mean, just give him the ball. 43-yard run, two-yard touchdown. The running game with Austin Jones. The running game, had they stuck with it, could have ran for well over 300 yards. They did not have to throw the ball. The offense did not lose this game, but the play calling didn't help either. I guess that's what I'll say. I'm going to talk about the defense coming up here in the next segment, or the lack thereof. Trojan fans, I know you're stressing over the team, the defense specifically, but you can stop stressing out over trying to get tickets. All you need to do is download the Game Time app with killer deals on last minute tickets and their best price guaranteed. You can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you're going to have. Trojan fans, those of you who are still on the bandwagon, Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football. Basketball season starts next week. Baseball, comedy, concerts, you name it, they got it. The game time guarantee means you're going to always get the best price. And if you find tickets in the same section and row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. It's the fastest growing ticket app in the country for a reason. Get images of your seats before you buy. That way you know exactly what you're going to get when you arrive. And you can buy your tickets in a matter of seconds. It's two taps and you are done. It's that fast. Tickets are sent right to your phone. You're not going to have to dig through the email looking for them. So snag your tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account, redeem code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE for $20 off. Download the Game Time app today. Last minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Speaking of ticket selling, um, I got to get this off my chest real quick. So I'm in the press box. Directly below me is the high rent district. 
the donors, the big time donors, committee, scholarship, the people who spend a pretty good chunk of change just for the right to have these seats at the 50, the 40, the 30 yard line. This is the tower. I looked down there and I won't say it was 50 50, but there was quite a bit of purple down there, which tells me that the people who pay a lot of money for these seats sold out. I don't know. Did you sell them the game time? Is that where they ended up? There were a lot of Husky fans celebrating, enjoying the win from some pretty good seats at the LA Coliseum. But hey, at least it was sold out. Good job, Trojan fans. Moving forward. How about another defensive disaster? We got a question for everybody. Which was worse? Look, I understand why they hired Clay Helton when they hired Clay Helton, but they also retained him. So which was worse, retaining Clay Helton or Lincoln Riley bringing Alex Grinch back in 2023, which is going to go down as one of the more challenging personnel hires at putting it as nicely as I can. If you haven't seen it by now, it's on social media. But the last thing I wanted to see after this game, besides USC losing, was Caleb Williams curled up. Well, not really curled up, but, you know, curled up on the bench, almost in a fetal position, sobbing uncontrollably while someone I don't know, was trying to cover him up with some papers. It, it was just a bad look all the way around. And I'm not talking about Caleb crying. I am fine with that. But if you're going to try and hide it from him, form a circle around him or something. It was just, it was an awkward look. Anyways. Um, and then after the game, I don't know. I, I think Caleb's answer was a little tone deaf. The question was, you know, kind of how do you handle this or, you know, to the effect of, these types of games? How do you handle, you know, processing, losing these types of games? Caleb said he was going to go home, curl up with his puppy and, and watch movies. Again, a little tone deaf. I get it. Um, probably not the best question. And I don't think he wanted to answer that question. But at this point, I'm wondering where his head is at. And if he's ready to call it a season. I'm not saying he's quitting. But I think between what happened right after the game, his answer in the press conference, uh, I think that the, the emotional release, that pressure valve was finally open. And I think he can now take a deep breath. I'm not sure about the locker room, though, but there's got to be some pretty angry and upset guys in there. The offense, like I talked about in the first segment, they, they've been put in the position of having to score 50 points if they want to win a game. Because the defense, and this is not about the players, the players are what we see on the field, but that scheme that Alex Grinch puts out there every week is just complete trash. It is by far the worst thing I have ever, ever seen suited up for cart and cardinal and gold and i've seen a lot of bad usc football 
talked about the Paul Hackett years. Not even those defensive teams looked like this. Not even that three and eight team looked like this. Every single week, it's a different team and a different team to something they haven't done all year. And they look great against USC. We learned that Washington, who coming into the game, could not run the ball 102 yards per game. Against USC's defense, they found a way to run the ball. Their previous high this season was 177 yards against Michigan State. Michigan State's not really good this year. I get it. Washington's got a really good offense. Over the last four games against Arizona, Oregon, Arizona State, and Stanford, Washington combined rushed for 314 yards. Okay, over four games against USC, 316 yards. Their running back, Dylan Johnson, he did that. He got 256 of those yards on just 26 carries. Uh, but to put that in historical terms, that's the third, the, that's the number three mark all time against USC behind uh, Keon, Kenyon Barner's 321 yards, Joshua Kelly, the Bruins, remember that game a few years ago? 289 yards. And those came on 38 and 40, 40 carries, respectively. That's how easy it was for Dylan Johnson. I mean, literally, I'm serious. Asking your offense to have to score 50 points every game, that's just a big ask. And it's just a, it's just a, you can't. It's unfair. You know what's also unfair? Asking the Trojan fans to sit around and watch these games and try and enjoy them. Just to support the team. Be a fan. I mean, even if I'm a parent of one of these players, I'm thinking, it's a hard watch. And my, if one of my kids is playing defense, I'm angry that you're putting my kid in that position. I mean, think about this. The Trojans giving up a third and 18, and not just giving up third and 18, a touchdown pass after they had a chance to get a sack. I can, look, I can deal with the missed sack. Okay, now you've chased the quarterback out of the pocket. He's running towards the sideline and running towards the sideline and running towards the sideline. He is at the sideline. But he still found a way to get the ball into Devin Culp's hands with three USC secondary players around him. And not one of them made a play on the ball. It, I mean, it was just breathtakingly bad. That scoring opportunity is just unacceptable. Even if you don't get the sack, you have. Yeah, it's a loss for words, man. I'm sorry. I I shouldn't be this passionate about this, but this is me venting for you, the fans. I mean, you literally, the defense literally, they had the play diagnosed. They actually defended it well. They just didn't make the play. So, yeah, I, I guess in a sense, Alex Grinch and Coach Lincoln Riley, they're right. 
you know, there's times where they're not executing on the field. But why is the USC secondary always lost? Why am I always seeing somebody on USC's defense, usually a safety, jumping up and down like a chicken with its head cut off, flopping around, waving his arms, looking at their play sheet on their on their arm, whatever. Anytime I see that happen, I know that whatever play is about to happen, they're about to give up big yardage. And this time it was just happening in the run game. It doesn't matter who's on the field for USC defensively. It really doesn't. Or what the play call is. USC's defense is just a hot mess. It's ugly. It's gross. And, and again, there's just too many individuals to name who who didn't execute. But at this point, why? Why even point it out? Who cares? It, it, it starts with the coaching. Mentally, these guys are struggling hard. I mean, even on special teams. Zachariah Branch forgot to make the fair catch signal because he thought the ball would go into the end zone. What it did was almost turn into a 99-yard onside kick. He recognized, oh, shoot, the ball died at the one. I got to go cover it up. He got it out to the five-yard line. You know, ah, well, there's not a whole lot I can really say about the defense other than they figured out a new way to make another team look better than they are. We knew that Washington had a prolific passing attack. Michael Penix was held to 256 yards through the air. Had you told me that before the game, I'm thinking USC's winning this game. Because there was no way I thought they would give up 300 on the ground to Washington. But they did. I'll have uh, some of Lincoln Riley's comments coming up next. Did you know that Prize Picks is the largest independently owned daily fantasy sports platform in North America? Well, it is. They are also the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. It's just you against the numbers. Instead of battling thousands, of other players, including those pros and the Sharks, you pick more than or less than on two to six player stat projections, and you just watch the money kind of roll on into your account. It's that simple. Prize Picks is a skill-based, real money, daily fantasy sports game. Prize Picks offers projections on any sport that you watch, including college football, college basketball, the NFL, NBA, NHL, all of them. They got it. What you have to do, it's really simple. You're going to pick two to six players, and if they will go more or less than their prize pick projections. And you can win up to 25 times your money on any entry. At prize picks, you aren't competing against other people. It's just you versus the projections available. Prize picks entries can be made in less than a minute. It's that simple. Let me give you an example. The Washington Huskies will rush for more than 300 yards against the USC defense. The 
USC defense will hold Michael Penix less than 300 yards passing. The USC defense will allow more than 50 points to the Washington Huskies. You get the point. Price Picks offers a recently improved deposit and withdrawal experience. So if you want to use Apple Pay, you can, and you know you're going to be secure. Go to pricepicks.com forward slash locked on college and use code locked on college for a first deposit match up to $100. Once again, go to pricepicks.com forward slash locked on college and use code locked on college for a first deposit match up to $100. The game is over. The media is all assembled. We're down under the Coliseum, under the tunnel by the locker rooms, we can hear the Huskies celebrating to Princess Purple Rain. Yeah. Every right to celebrate. And you know, Purple Huskies. Yeah. Anyways. While this is going on, I'm wondering what kind of long opening soliloquy type of statement Lincoln Riley would have. Kind of like he had against Cal. Guess what? No opening statement. Just came in. Kind of rubbed his forehead a little bit, kind of like I'm doing right now. Let's go. I'll take questions. And he took more than three. So we're off to a good start. I asked the question, what is the team's mental state of mind? How do they rebound from this? There's no players by his side. So now we're thinking, oh, okay, not going to get any players either. They came in afterwards. Uh and a bunch of them, <laughs> all at once. It was weird. It was a, it was kind of an intimidation factor, I think. One way to, can I say, who wants to ask the questions of these faces? I had no desire to ask one of these players any question. We got nothing left to say. I know how upset they were. They looked like they were lined up like against the wall for a firing squad. No one wanted to ask them anything. And there was a few questions, but there was you weren't going to get any type of good answer, not after that loss. I'll say it again. I just want to make this very clear. I am not a fan of firing somebody, especially during the season. But... The fire is just out of control. It's grown. You've got to put it out. I mean, how far back do you want to grow? Do you do you want to go? Colorado, Arizona State, Utah game, Cal game, now Washington. All of those were signs of USC's defense is in a lot of trouble this year. What happened against Washington? is probably a fireable offense. Forget the fan base for a minute. Because Lincoln Riley's going to have a really tough time with the fans keeping their faith in him right now. Lincoln Riley has to be concerned about keeping his team locked in. You have to have people believing you're capable of change, right? And I don't know if Lincoln Riley is willing to make the change. 
until after the season. He, pretty, he essentially said so. You know, he was asked the question about the defense, the coordinator. He's like, a big, big picture thing, yada, yada, yada. You know, we'll address it after the season. You're not going to get the answer you want to hear, Trojan fans. That's why I'm not going to ask the hard question, bigger quotes. When are you firing Alex Grinch? That's what I'll tell you. It's probably already been done. They're just going through the motions now. And that's part of the problem. I think the team knows they're just going through the motions. He said, I understand the question. I know it's your I know it's all your job to ask. I'm not into the big picture questions right now. Like my job is to go try and beat Oregon next week and to coach what we have here. I know as a head coach, it all falls under my responsibility ultimately, and I don't shy away from that, and I never have. But there's times and places for those discussions, and that those will happen at the appropriate times. And end quote. Referring to what are you gonna do about the defense in Alex Fringe? I asked him the question about the team's morale. Here's the answer. Pretty long. I said, where do you think the team is with its morale right now? Quote, right now, just five to ten minutes after the game, pissed. Pissed that we missed this opportunity. They've continued to swing. They've continued to fight. It's been a tough stretch. I was talking to the crew here yesterday, and Chris Fowler, ESPN, made the comment, he looked at everybody's schedule and couldn't believe the nine-game stretch that we have right now. He said nobody else in the country has anything like it. And he's right. I mean, the way it's played out, and the league's really strong, and how it's all fell. Yeah, it's been a tough stretch. It's a tough stretch of games. But as a coach, when you go through tough stretches, I'm lucky I haven't been through too many. But you look for things. You look for, is the fight, is there a, is the fight there in the team? And the fight is certainly there in this football team. We've seen that over the last few weeks. Coming into this game, we had four games in a row, and we had and we had been down double-digit points at some point. And we came back and gave ourselves a chance to win every one of them. And got two of them, got and got two of them and agonizingly close to a third. The fight and all that, again, it's what gives us a chance. I think our guys are frustrated that we've been so, so close and we haven't played good enough to be able to separate. We've had, obviously, errors in the last few weeks that have cost us. We've had a couple of bad breaks that felt like we got more of good ones last year and it feels like a few more of the bad ones or a few more of them have went against us this year. And that's just the nature of it when they're close, man. It comes down to just how many little things and just and so yeah, agonizingly close. Certainly not defeated. It's a good group in there and a lot of character in that room and a lot of character on this staff and a lot of people that love being at USC and love fighting for this team and this program and our fans and we're going to continue to do so. End quote. That was a lot of filibuster. And he answered the question, and I appreciate it. But that's a tough sell. After watching what your defense just did in front of Chris Fowler, all I have to do and ask is, what does it have to do with that with the team's lack of development? I get it. It's a tough stretch. 
but that has nothing to do with the fact that you and this coaching staff have not been able to come up with any reasonable explanation for why this team is not executing or showing signs of improvement in week 10. I'm going to stop right now because we want to support this team, and we do. They got to come back next week. They got a tough road ahead of them. They're going up to Oregon. Right now, this team is seven and three, and uh, they're going to have to they're going to have to circle the wagons. As I said, we're going to see how much fight this team has left in them because the offense is doing everything they can. And again, I know the defense is putting forth the effort. The whole team is giving effort. That's not the problem. But how many times are you going to keep running running yourself into a wall knowing that wall is not going to break down because you're not changing the approach to breaking down the wall? It's one thing to keep running into it. But you got to find a soft spot. you got to find a weakness. And I don't know if USC's defense can find anybody else's weakness on offense and use it to their advantage. So, yeah, I'm sure the team is pissed. I know the fans are. I'll be back for another episode of Locked on USC. Break down this game even more. This is the post-game reaction, getting it out there. Until then, everyone, you know what to do. You know where to find me. When I'm not here on Locked on USC, head on over to wersc.com.